0: That's a good place wherever you at to begin to open up your mouth and give God praise and glory for him just being absolutely amazing to you all of the time. And for that, begin the praise the glory and the honor good morning once again and welcome to the Hopewell experience hope at home hope well everywhere we're so glad that God has used your fingertips to lead you right to where we are today hoping pray that you've already felt the presence of the Lord if you have not already go ahead and share this go ahead and tag somebody else in it so they can be blessed by our by the worship and the word encounter as we get ready um, to go into the word of God on this morning I'm so glad to have with us in the building. It's been almost a year since I've actually preached um, to somebody in the pew. Um, I'm so glad to have some of the members of our re-entry team as we're making plans. Amen. Give it up for them. Amen. As we're making plans to come back into the building. Amen. The first Sunday in April, which is a Resurrection Sunday, so we're working hard to make sure that we can be able to do that. Um, If we have to change it, amen, we have the space to be able to do that because we want to make sure that we do it and that we're safe in doing that, we that. We provide the safest environment that we can um, to make sure that we can be able to worship together. Amen. So so grateful for them. My deacons are in the building. Parking lot team members are in the building. Amen. You saw Sister Mary on her post. Amen. My usher was in the building this morning. So we thank God for them. As we get ready, grab your Bibles and go with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 17, I'm sorry, the Gospel of Luke um, chapter 17. As you're looking for that, on behalf of Sister Jeffrey and the family, I want to tell you, Team Hope Hol- Well, thank you for being absolutely amazing and awesome. They have felt every expression of love, phone call, text, bringing food by the house, standing outside in the yard with your mask on, sharing sharing love with her, coming through on the visitation yesterday. It's been a rough week for all of us, um, but God's grace has definitely um, been sufficient. It was almost like a reunion. I um, mean, Some of you all came through the visitation yesterday because I had not seen you um, in a year since we were in church, uh, March of 2020. And so we give God the praise and the glory in all things. So we know that as the phone calls began to die down and the visits um, soon cease, this is where we come in as a church family and still check in on her and still drop by and see her and still call her and text her. this is where she's gonna need her church family um, to be um to be there for her and for um the family so again on behalf of the family thank you so much Hopewell, uh, for just being awesome i pastor some amazing people and i'm so grateful and so thankful um even for you all texting and checking in on me i appreciate you uh, for doing that luke chapter 17 luke chapter 17 verse 11 through 19, verses 11 through 19, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it says this, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, verse 12, as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked, at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And they went and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw they had been healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had, for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Verse 17. Jesus asked, did not heal 10 where the other nine? Has, has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. I want to talk from the subject this morning, the title this morning, Have We Lost Our Manners? Have We Lost Our Manners? Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we glorify you because you are yet still God. And you are God all by yourself. And we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you for how you show yourself to us in unique in unique ways, in unique situations, Father, that we never would have known you to be. God, I pray right now that you would strengthen me, Your Lord God, your servant, to share your word, that someone will find hope, that someone can gain a different perspective and live the way that you desire for them to live. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Have we lost our manners? My wife and I, you may want to call this old school or not, but we've been really trying to instill um, certain manners within the swim, sisters. We, we went old school. We took it back, Deacon. We well, we want them. We desire that whenever they talk to an adult, they don't just say what. I can't stand to hear a kid respond to an adult by saying what. But we've been helping the girls to be able to understand that even with mommy and daddy and other adults that you are around from time to time, um, that if you don't say yes, ma'am, or, or no, sir, or no, ma'am, or yes, ma'am, or no, man that that, that, that that you at least say Yes, I just can't stand it for a little kid that I really can't make it without an adult to have the audacity to be able to respond to an adult in such a bad way and saying, what, what do you want? And then just have a, just a nasty demeanor that comes along with it. We're trying to train the swim sisters in a way. Why do we want to develop manners within them? Because when they go out into the world, they're representing us. So we want people to know that, yes, they have home training. Yes, they have been trained. Wow. Yes, they have been told. Yes, they have been given some tools in life to be instilled within them to help them to be to be able to go farther along down in life. We're trying to prepare them for a world that they are going to enter into. And so we want them to be respectful. We want them to say please and thank you. We want them to be able to recognize that when someone does something for you, whether it's me, whether it's mommy, whether it's a friend, whether it's grandma, whomever it may be, but at least say thank you because people don't have to do anything for you at all. If someone gives them anything, we immediately, set up a FaceTime for them to day of the call. We could easily do it, but the gift wasn't for us. It was for them, so they would FaceTime whoever it was and tell them thank you in their own way. Oh, and it melts their hearts to hear Kenny say thank you. Oh, it melts their hearts to hear Carrie tell them thank you. Um, we're trying to teach them how to be loving and, and, and loving and memorable children because, again, it's a reflection of us. Right. A few weeks ago, we was getting ready to sit down and eat. I was hungry. Yeah, I'm not going to even lie to you. I was hungry. And so I was just ready to swim, said the food was done. I went, sat down at the table. In fact, I wasn't even trying to sit at the table, Dr. Kimbrew. I was going to sit in my chair and just eat my food and be at peace. And Carrie is all about the family life. Well, Daddy, why don't we set the table up and we can all sit at the table. I said, Carrie, I really want to sit at the table. I just want to be right here in my chair and be comfortable and just eat my food. But, Daddy, it's family time. We should eat at the table for family. I was like, oh, my God. All right. Go ahead. Set the table. Get the chair out. I'll I'll come sit at the table. So I bring my plate to the table and I sit down and I start eating. She said, wait a minute, Then I said, Carrie, what is it now? I'm sitting at the table. We didn't bless the food. I said, oh, God, help me today. I said, okay, Carrie, go ahead and pray over the food. And so she went over and prayed over the food. I was just, pr- I was praying for the prayer that she wouldn't go along with the prayer because I was trying to eat. I want her to go ahead and do this quick fast and in a hurry. And so she prayed. She said, Daddy, how was it? I said, "That was real good, baby. You kept it short and sweet. But while I was sitting there at the table, then my mind went back and it reminded me that, wow, I've been trying to teach her about having manners. I've been trying to teach her about saying please and thank you and, 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 and acknowledging the fact that when someone has done something for you that they did not have to do, that at least you can do is to be able to show some appreciation for what they had done. And to my amazement, Jakari, what I had been trying to instill within her and help her, I have failed at myself. All right. come on. I was quick to come to the table uh-huh. without acknowledging that God was the one that provided the means for us to be able to have come on. Come on. the food at the table. Isn't it funny saints of God that sometimes not even knowing we become undercover hypocrites that we teach one thing but our actions unintentionally. Anybody? goes against directly what we've been trying to teach. Here in our story today in Luke the gospel of Luke the physician here in Luke chapter seventeen Luke shares to him the story of the ten lepers. This is such a good story because it fits into the context of what we are experiencing um, in a world right now, Pastor. What are you talking about? We're not living in a, in a we're not living in a world right now with leprosy. As you read the story and uncover some things, you will see how it fits to the culture that we're living in right now. The Bible says that Jesus continued towards Jerusalem. He gets to his destination, and he's there. And as he enters into Samaria, Jesus is greeted from a distance by ten lepers. They realize, they realize that according to the Levitical law, according to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 14, they know and understand that because they have leprosy, they are not to come into great distance with other people. They have now been deemed by the priest as being ceremonial unclean. Right. And because this is the case now, they have to follow the protocol when it comes to having leprosy. They are to shave off every bit of hair that they have down to their beards, their mustaches, their eyebrows, their hair, everything. They are to wear torn clothes so that people can be able to identify and see them from a distance and know that they are men that have leprosy, but to be able to add insult to injury, now what they have to do before they even approach people, they have to put their hands over their mouth and proclaim with a loud voice, unclean, unclean oh how embarrassing it is they have to stay separated from people for at least seven days in other words they have to quarantine from other people for at least seven days and in order for them to be able to come back into society and be amongst the other population they have to go back to the priest and then the priest would have to go through I mean a list of ceremonies they would have to get two birds and kill a bird and use the blood from one bird to be able to sprinkle on the person to make them unclean to make them clean again and then that individual that has a leprosy has to go back into isolation for another seven days to make sure that he is clean and then he comes out and then the priest will have to make the announcement that he is now clean so that he can be able so that they can be able to go back and be amongst the general population you have to understand it's not just the embarrassment of having leprosy. Is that just the embarrassment of having these white patches of discolorization of, 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 of on your body, going through all over your body. It says, it says that leprosy will begin to attack your vocal cords and you wouldn't be able to talk as loud as you could. They need their vocal cords, y'all, because I told y'all that as they come around people, they have to make the announcement that they are unclean. And if anybody comes into contact with them, they will be deemed unclean as well. Not just enough that they have to vocalize their issues and everybody can see their issues. Now that they've tested positive for leprosy, they have to announce what their issue is, but it is the psychological damage. They are no longer able to come to the house of God. Y'all got to help me this morning. Right. They're not able to come to the house of God because they have leprosy. They're not able to be around other people because they have to be in isolation for a time period until they're healed. Psychological. Mm-hmm. Mentally. Mentally emotionally they're going through. No one to touch them. Got to understand, they didn't have high tech, they didn't have high tech uh, 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 technology like we do now. They're in isolation, they're in isolation. There was no fall, there was no FaceTime, there was no Snapchat, there was no social media, there was nothing, you're there all by yourself and no one can come close to you at all. All right. The best they can do is leave you some soup at the door and run off real quick before you come and get it. Because they didn't want to be deemed unclean. They come in contact. They come in contact with Jesus. And look at verse 13. The first thing that they do, what do they do? They cry out to Jesus. They open up their mouth and they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I love that because they not only acknowledge him as a Savior, but they also acknowledge the authority that, they ha- that he has by calling him Master. You don't just call anybody Master. You call someone Master that has power and authority. They realize we are lepers. We cannot I come into close contact with this man named Jesus. But we have to do something in order to be able to get his attention so that he can be able to see right where we are. And what do they do? They open up their mouth. But in opening up their mouths they have an attentional purpose and what they need to do. They realize I need to get Jesus' attention and I need to know what I want and I need to know what I want and when we want it. They open up their mouths and they say, Jesus Jesus have mercy on us. I love it because the posture that they come in is a posture of humbleness because they realize he ain't got to do nothing for us at all. But I want to get his attention because we heard about what this man named Jesus has the power to be able to do. He's able to heal. He's able to deliver. He's able to save. He's able to rescue. So we're going to put ourselves in a position to call out on Jesus so that we can be able to get his attention so that he can and be able to give us mercy and heal us from what we're going through. They're humble. They cry for mercy because they realize we don't deserve anything at all. But if you would just grant mercy this one time, Master, If you would just grant mercy and see us and see where we are and see our condition and do something about it, we would be greatly appreciative. Here it is, saints of God. Here's a lesson for us. We need to open up our mouths that when we need Jesus to come and do something in our lives, we need to open up in our mouths, but we need to be intentional. My girls have taught me about intentional conversations because when they open up their mouth, they already know the results that they desire. They already know what they want daddy to do, how they want daddy to do it, and when they want David to do it. These lepers realize that, that if we're going to open up my mouth, we can't do this just to be doing it, but we have to be intentional because we don't know the next time that he's going to come this way. We don't know the next time that we're going to be around him. Thank God that we're not living in the same context as they were. We don't have to worry about when Jesus is going to show up again. We don't have to be concerned about what if he don't come by here. Thank God that he's with us every day. Thank God that we can experience his presence all the time. Thank Thank God that we can call on him and he can be able to show up Johnny on the spot. Thank God that when we call out to him, he hears us and he responds to the needs that we have. They cried out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Because once again, they realize you don't have to do anything for us. Just the, just the idea that you heard our complaint, just the whole idea that you heard our plight is good enough for us. But thank God that you heard us. But can you have mercy on us? Here it is, saints of God. Look at verse 15, verse 14. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, the leprosy was cleansed. They were cleansed from their leprosy. Now, the Bible does not say right here in verse 15, verse 14, the Bible does not say that there was a conversation that went on with Jesus and the lepers. The Bible does not say that it just says that Jesus told them to go, and the Bible says that as they went, they were healed. But I got to believe if this was now, there would have been some folks that would have been talking back to Jesus, having a full-blown conversation. Well, Jesus, now you know if we do that, if we get the walk, well, Jesus, no, I'm not going to walk because I need a guarantee that you're going to do what I've asked you to do, Jesus. I'm not going to do it because I need to make sure that you are going to do your part. And so what Jesus is calling for them to do is, I need you to move by faith and to obey by faith. Not that it will make sense. I need you to move in knowing that I yet still have the power to do for you what no one else has the power to be able to do. Sometimes God is testing us to see, can you rule away from your knowledge and what you know and lean on your faith? and do what I'm asking to you, asking you to do, even when it does not make sense. The Bible says, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Here it is, saints of God. Their breakthrough, their miracle was in their obedience. They were not healed of their leprosy until they started walking by faith. They did not receive their breakthrough until they started walking by faith things did not change in their life until they started walking by faith. Their healing did not manifest itself until they started walking by faith. I hope you catch it on right there at home. There are some things that will not come forth in your life until you start moving by faith. If you're waiting for everything to make sense, you'll miss the miracle. If you wait for everything to add up, you'll miss the miracle. If you're waiting for everything to be the way that you want it to be, you're going to miss the miracle. But when God says I just want you to go and believe in me that I have the power to do for you what nobody else can do for you. Just go ahead and do it. Oh, gotta ask you, I got to ask you a question this morning. How many blessings, how many miracles, how many breakthroughs, how many transformations have you missed because you failed to obey? Oh, how many miracles have you missed because you did not want to step out there and trust God? Because here it is, saints of God. We can talk a good game about trusting God. That's not where trusting God comes in Trusting God comes in when God gives you a command and you don't understand because it does not make, it does not line up with your knowledge, but that instead of you, lean on what you know. You put all of your ducks on God and you walk out on what he says. Told you last week on the prayer call that faith, It's grown in discomfort. It's not grown in comfort. Faith, it's not not enlarged in in the arena of comfort. Faith thrives and grows in discomfort. So he's looking for them to trust him enough to walk by faith and not by sight. To move by what he says, Mm -hmm. not by what they see. To move by what he says and not by what they hear. Mm -hmm. To move by what he has commanded and not the other voices around. As they went, they were cleansed of the leprosy. It gets good right here. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Look at verse 17. Didn't I, then Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are the other nine? Right. <laughs> Has no one returned to give, to give God glory except for this foreigner? Mm-hmm. Here it is. When we have a sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. meaning I'm all this, Gratitude will no longer exist. <laughs> oh, I'm helping some parents out real good right here. When we have a sense of entitlement, that I'm owed this, I, 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 I should have this, you should do this for me, gratitude is no longer going to exist. This bothers my mind, this blows my mind, Sister Greta, because there were 10 lepers that stood from a distance that lifted up their voices and cried out to Jesus to have mercy. He tells them, go show yourself to the priests and as they went, not just one, not just two, not just five, not just seven, not just eight, not just nine, but all ten were healed of their leprosy. Can you imagine what it would have been like for them to go and show themselves to the priest and the priest did not have to do all of their ceremonial rites because they saw that this person that they had seen before had been completely healed of their leprosy. Now they're able to go back into society. Now they're out of quarantine and isolation now they're able to go back to work they're able to go back amongst their family but they forgot about the one that made it happen they were so quick to cry out for help but when help intervened and did what no one else could do they forgot to come back and show appreciation for what God has done. How many times (laughs) have you and I prayed for God to get us out? How many times have we prayed for God to intervene? How many times have we prayed for God to show up and God showed up? God did what only God can do and we get on down the road and we get out and we're free and we're delivered. Our requests have been made and now we forgive the one. That has done for us what nobody else could do. But when we're in trouble again, we remember, Father, Jesus, Master, Abraham, Isaac, help me. And then when he does it, we revert back to our old entitled ways, and we forget what God has done. Y'all, we coming up on a year and being in this thing called the uh, uh, called COVID-19, and we can look back over a year. I cannot believe it's been a year already. It was around this time last year, last this past Friday, when I left school from Subban. Sister Ross, you know, we were excited about spring break, not knowing that we wouldn't enter the building again until almost a year later and we can look back over this past year and we can see how God has kept us. We can see how God has provided for us. We can see how God has healed us. We can see how God has delivered us. There are some of us within our church family that have had the virus but God has healed us. God has kept us. There are some of us within our church family that have lost their jobs but they haven't missed nothing. No me has been lost, no bill has been laid, nothing has gone wrong in their life. God has blessed them, and we refuse to be entitled, we refuse to think that we're all this. We're not going to be the other nine, but we're going to be the one that's going to realize that we obeyed and did what God did. Our income was cut short, but we were still giving our tithes and offering. Something's going on in our lives, but we still lifted our hands and worship God. We're going to be life better one that's going to come back and say, God, I thank you for doing what nobody else could do. God, I thank you for making a way out of nowhere. God, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. God, I thank you for coming in and showing up. God, I thank you for doing what all of you can do. place, you get to your place, that you develop an attitude like David. The Bible said that David got so excited when the Ark of the Covenant came back that he began to dance, and he danced out of his clothes, and his wife came and said, wait a minute, sir, David King, ruler, Come on. did you forget you. Oh, yeah. that you are a king? You don't be out here flossing around. You don't be out here dancing around. David, have you lost your mind? Yeah. David looked at his wife. He said, I could become even more undignified than this. <laughs> because David realized, David realized, and this one leopard realized that I am not going to wait until we're back in the building. I'm not gonna wait until a social media testimony time to praise God. This brother said, I'm gonna run back and I'm gonna go back and tell God, thank you. I loved it because the Bible says he opened up his mouth and he came back running and shouting. And saying, Praise God! He gave God all the glory, he gave God all the praise because once again, he realized that nobody could do for him except what God had did for him. And here it is, says the God, I want to challenge you. I'm done right here. I want to challenge you, even in your homes, even in your car, wherever you are right now. I need you to open up your mouth. I know somebody's already saying, Well, Pastor, I'm not like that at all, Pastor. I can't, I don't do all that yelling and running and shouting and stuff. Like that, oh, but it's all star weekend. Let your team get a ball in, let your team get a point in, let your team get a shot in. You're gonna for the cocoa pumps in your house. But when you look back over your life and you see what the Lord has done, God, I thank you for keeping my family, I thank you for keeping my mind, I thank you for keeping my household. So I got a reason to open up my mouth and tell God, Thank you. right where you are, open up your mouth and say, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Oh, because you owe him a praise. You owe him a praise right where you are. You owe him a praise for what he has done because nobody can do it but God. So I asked the question again Have we lost our manners? <laughs> Can people see you and know that you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Thank you, Jesus. Does your demeanor reflect the character of your father? Can they tell that you're not the other nine, but you are? You are the one. A songwriter said, I've been through too much not to worship him and if we'll be honest this morning it has been the presence of God that has sustained us not just with Covid beyond Covid because we've had other life circumstances besides Covid-19. I hate that when somebody hears that somebody hears that was a Covid everybody ain't dying from Covid we have other stuff going on in the world you know there's other illnesses and diseases But it's been the presence of God that has helped us to make it. It's when you were almost at the doorstep of depression and his presence just came. When no one else was in the room with you, but you felt something touch you. and it changed your whole mind, your whole perspective. It gave you the push that you needed to be able to make it another day. Let's be honest, it's been his presence. And during these remote days, we've come to realize that the presence of God does not just live in the temple, but it lives in us and in our homes. That you could be in the you could be in the shower and the presence of God to meet you in the shower. <laughs> it's been his presence that has held us together this past week as a church. It's been his presence that has made the difference, and because of that, we owe God praise. We owe God God, glory. Please, man, please, sir. Don't get caught up in the fact that it wasn't done the way that you wanted to be done and when you wanted to be done. Just thank God that it was done. your situation. You've been through too much. We've been through too much. We've seen too much. We've experienced too much not to worship him. It's my worship. My worship is for real. You don't know my story. You don't know all that I've been through, but you just either do know one thing, my worship. My worship. My worship is for real. You know, growing up in church, I used to get excited as we called it then when somebody got happy in service. I would make my way to the end of the road because I wanted to see him dance and run and shout. And I would giggle and laugh because I thought it was hilarious. Why do they shout like that? Why do they run like that? Why do they have to do all of that? But boy, did I learn <laughs> as I've grown up yes, to never judge or praise or because you have no idea what they've had to go through and you have no idea what they're going through, even in the fact, even in the fact, if there's a person that's not as expressive as you are, it does not mean they're not a worshiping God. (laughs) I can reflect back to there would be Sundays. Jeffro wasn't a dancer. He wasn't a shouter. He would sit there in his seat, and you see tears come down his face. They're right there in his pew. The presence of God met him. Never judge a praiser. Because you never know. You never know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know know the story. A young lady just 23 years old a few weeks ago took her life family's devastated because there was no sign nothing no clue nothing so parents had to say goodbye to their daughter yesterday with questions that they will never have answers let me encourage you this morning that you don't have to put on the facade you don't have to put on your church face you don't you don't have to act like everything is okay when everything is not okay Your mental and emotional health matters to God. To go on as if everything is okay does not make you stronger. <laughs> I was crying yesterday at the service and turned around. Minister Ford was there. Another guy was there, and he looked at me. He said, Pastor. You gotta stop crying, you gotta be strong. I want to cry even louder in his face and say, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) The audacity to tell me I'm supposed, I am being strong, I could be on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) But in me expressing my grief does not mean I'm weak, it means I'm human. So if we could ever, if we could ever in the church, in the black church, create space for people to know that it is okay for you not to be okay when there is a loss. And it's okay for you not to be okay when life is not the way that you desire for it to be. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you don't love God. It simply means you're human. That's right, that's right. Never judge a praiser. because they're not praising God the way that you think that they should. Who are you? Never judge a praiser because you never know what they're going through. And always have a humble, grateful heart for all that the Lord has done because he didn't have to do it. Oh, how grateful we are that he did. If you're watching this right now and you're not saved, you're watching this right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today can be your day of salvation right there in your home. I told you that the presence of God is not dictated or predicated by a building. He can meet you right where you are he can meet you right where you are if you're in your bedroom at your kitchen table in the bathroom wherever you are he can meet you right where you are